Well, good morning, everybody. It's lovely to be here, and um, it's wonderful to see how the, the church is just continuing to prosper, thrive, under the leadership of Pastor Nick and Chloe, uh, the other staff members, the volunteers, the eldership team. What a tremendous church you are. Just love your humility. Just love your humility. When I say that in some churches, they stand on their chair. Woo, woo, woo. We are amazing. But not you, not BCC. Mm -hmm. Yes, very humble. I love Chloe. Not Chloe. I love you as well. You're a great person. Um, Ellie, that's what I want to say. <laughs> you knew what I was going to say. Listen, if, if I had children up to year six, I'd come to this church just for Ellie. Well, that was a great video that was, wasn't it? Just this beaming, bright, energetic young lady. And all her volunteers, I'm sure they're, they're the same. Will you do me a favor after this service? Will you go and seek them out and say, we think you're brilliant. Yeah? So tremendous. Um, love that. Uh, great. So thank you for inviting me uh, to, to close out your, your series on the Beatitudes, uh, which is a, a great opportunity. And I just love, love being here. Uh, to, so thank you for that. Um, new photograph of me. This is good. Doesn't look like he's persecuted, does it, really? <laughs> or if he is, he's really happy about it. <laughs> so thank you for giving me the privilege to, to speak into Matthew 5, verse 10. Um, for me, there, there, there are lots of different ways, and I'm sure you've gone deep into the Beatitudes and been blessed by them doesn't matter which angle you come into the Word of God or come out of the Word of God, really. The Holy Spirit uses it to teach and bless, and we grow in discipleship. Um, but, but when it comes to this eighth and final um, beatitude, I realize that actually this isn't a list of requirements for me to tick off and say, yes, I've got that one. Otherwise, it would be kind of like uh, encouraging me to be some kind of masochist, um, you know, <laughs> going up to a stranger and saying, please, will you, I'm a Christian, hit me, because uh, I need to get, I need to tick this one off. Um, <laughs> thank you for persecuting me. Now I've got the list done, and uh, I fulfilled the Beatitudes. Um, I don't think that's, that's it, uh, at all what Jesus, he's looking at a, a crowd of people like I'm looking at you today, on a hillside, his, his disciples is certainly who he's looking at, and, but he's looking at a whole bunch of people that are like sheep without a shepherd, and they are lost, and they are, um, they, they know what you and I know. They, they know that you don't have to go too far in life to realize that People can be horrible. 
You don't have too long, really. You don't have too many experiences to know that people can be racist, judgmental. People can tell lies about you, misrepresent you. You don't have to go long in life to realize that you, you, you can love someone that you thought loved you and then their love turned to hate. Uh, you, you know this. And on the hillside were people struggling with mental health just as you do because of life. And Jesus looks into their eyes and says, Rejoice, the kingdom of heaven is yours. Disciples looking at him, and he, he sees that actually the disciples are going to go the same way. And every disciple has to go the same way as Jesus, and that is the cross of suffering. And, and he says, Rejoice, the kingdom of heaven is yours. That's the landscape. And, and in saying these things, Jesus is revealing a God that no other religion understands. Islam does not understand this true God because Islam cannot have a God who suffers, cannot have a God who lays his life down because God is mighty, God is all-powerful. But for you and I who are disciples of Jesus Christ because Jesus has, has, has brought understanding to us about God and who he is, who Jesus is, who, who the Father, the Spirit is, we understand that he's all those things. He's all-powerful, almighty, but he's also a God who is a suffering servant. And just like God who on this earth carried nails in his hands and they were imprinted so that even in his resurrected body he had nail prints, figuratively, Speaking, you can look at your hands this morning and you can see some nail prints when that person, when that man, when that woman, when that workplace environment, when that family home, when that neighborhood, when you're just walking down the street, when that happened and you experienced suffering. And here's my nail prints. Sticks and stones. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but calling names won't hurt me is not true, is it? It's not true. Speaking to people this morning that know that that's not true. And although I don't know your situation, I know that you have lived on earth. I know that you are in situations that that doesn't apply. Because it can really impact you and change you. I'm so pleased that when in worship, I, I, I could have just stayed singing um, 
if I'd have stayed singing this morning, I would have been on my knees, I would have been on my face. Sang a song Kevin chose about everything changes with just one look. And I'm so pleased that we sang that because I, I, I want to tell a story to you um, of the greatest persecution that happened at the time uh, just in that generation of Jesus. Uh, it was so significant. There, there's been persecutions since that day and, and continually to this day. But it was so significant. And I want to tell the story and show you uh, about the about the fact that as a follower of Christ, there is a spiritual enemy. He's a father of lies, so don't be surprised if lying misrepresentation um, is around your life. Don't be surprised by that, because that's how he operates. And he is looking at your life, looking for opportunities. There is a look of the enemy of your life, but there is your look. And what are you looking at? And there is someone else who's looking. And it, I, I, I want to speak on that coming out of these words of Jesus that blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice, be glad, because great is your reward. Where? I can't hear it. Great is your reward in heaven. We're going to come back to that um, in a little while. So let me take you straight into this story in Acts chapter 8 and, and verse 1. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church. But what was that day? Come with me to Acts chapter 6, two chapters before. Let me read that to you in Acts chapter 6. This is on the day that a great persecution broke out. I'm going to read a few verses um, from Acts chapter 6 and then Acts chapter 7. So um, let me me say this. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, Jews of Cyrene, Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia. These men began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak words of blasphemy against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law, And they seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. And they produced false witnesses who testified, This fellow never stops speaking against his holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked, looked, looked intently at Stephen. And they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. And Stephen then begins to speak, and he begins to preach, and he begins to speak about Jesus. And then in verse 54, when they heard this, 
They were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, he looked, he looked, he looked up to heaven and he saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And at this they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Jesus was talking to Jesus, as Stephen was talking to Jesus. While they were stoning him, Stephen was talking to Jesus. While they were stoning him, while they were killing him, whilst Stephen was dying, he was talking to Jesus. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, don't know how we can, Luke writes, not sure how I can end this. I'm not going to say he died because there was just something unique that was taking place. I'll use these words. He fell asleep. There was a peace, there was a calmness, it was like it wasn't an end, it was like he was moving somewhere. Beautiful story. So, I'm speaking to you who know what it is to have nail prints in your hand. If you don't know what it is to have nail prints in your hand, you've lived on top of a mountain as a hermit all your life and you've never met anybody else. But if you've done life, you know what it's like. Thankfully, in our nation, in Britain, we don't have the depth, the horridness, the wickedness. Such, it's like we're in, we are in the shallow end of the swimming pool. But nevertheless, in the shallow end of the swimming pool, you can still drown. But the deep end is other parts of the family of God scattered around the world. But the same enemy is the same enemy that's come against your life and still will continually look upon you and will seek after you and is looking for every opportunity to use. The Sanhedrin were looking at Stephen. The religious leaders were looking at Stephen. That's what the words say in verse 15. What had happened for that intent look with evil against this man was that firstly in verse 11 they had entered into secret places they secretly persuaded some men they'd gone into secret a lot can happen in secret behind your back unknown to you texts and emails and phone calls Whispers in a coffee shop, conversations, misrepresentations, persuasions, lies, exaggerations, plots, downfalls, all in secret, behind closed doors, speaking in confidence. Can I speak to you in confidence? 
I'm not telling anybody else, which is uh, always a lie when you hear it because it's so rehearsed. They know exactly what to say. It's like almost they've said it before. And they already, always, always have. You're just a sucker. You've just been dragged into it. You're a fool to listen to those lies because they are spreading it wherever anybody will listen. Speaking to you. In con- Next time someone says to you, I want to speak to you in confidence about that person. Run a million miles because they are dragging you in. They are dragging you in. You don't listen. You don't listen. Those secret believers do more harm than any enemy. The devil doesn't have to do anything. He just has to sit wherever he sits because these stupid secret believers manage to do the work of the enemy by speaking secretly about others. I just want to talk to you about that person. I just want to tell you what they said. The truth is, That Stephen never spoke blasphemy. But people were persuaded to say, I want you to say it. I want you to believe it. I want to create another different story. I want to create a picture in your mind of what actually took place. Of what that person actually did. But Stephen never did it. But the work of the enemy is very creative. But not as creative as Almighty God. But everything of God, the enemy tries to copy. And so he will create something. He will miscreate something. He's trying to be like God. He'll never be be like God. Everything. He's trying to be a father, but he's not a father of truth. He's a father of lies. He's trying to be a creator, but he's not a creator of good. He's a creator of bad, and you need to watch out. Creating in your image and in your mind of what somebody said, never said it, never did it. And you can go through your whole life believing somebody did something, they never did it. Because somebody created something in your mind. You chose not to walk with that person. You chose to distance yourself from that person. You chose to be an enemy of that person because someone put a seed that grew in your mind of creativity. Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. People were persuaded to say that he had. People can be persuaded to say and do almost anything. Be careful on entering the secret place, especially if someone is there wanting to talk to you about somebody. I want to talk to you about, can you, I I want to talk to you so that you can pray. Ever heard that? And you know, you know that this person has never prayed about this ever, ever. But they couch it in spiritual language. Slap them. (laughs) The sin of slapping them is not as great as listening to the lie of the enemy. These are the words of the regional leader. (laughs) There are always stirrers 
who stir up the, they stirred up the people in verse 12. It's relatively easy to stir people up. It's easy to agitate people. I believe in agitation. I believe in stirring people into being into waking up, into being positive. You know, I don't know, I, I, I can't see everybody today, but you know, if, you, if you're sleeping right now, I can agitate you. I can say something very con, con, controversial <laughs> that will agitate you, and suddenly you're awake, hold on, I'm taking notes now. <laughs> I believe in agitation to stir up and to move, and the, but you know, so often agitation and stirring brings conflict, one conversation, that's all it takes, and suddenly people are seizing, and they're seizing their blessings and seizing their giftings and throwing them out of the way. Stephen was the best deacon for the church. Stephen was the best person to be around. Stephen was full of the power of the Holy Spirit. He was gifted, and he was now being on the verge of being thrown away, discarded, killed. Why? Because someone stirred something. And there will be people who will say, come into the secret place. There will be people who will stir things up. And there will be people who will tell lies about you. If you think that there are people who are not talking about you, then you're wrong. Just get over it. Just, just get over it. When you come down from the mountain and stop being a hermit and you get involved with life and you get involved in situations, then people will talk about you behind your back. Just, just, just understand it. It will happen. Don't, don't, get, don't let paranoia grip you right now. Don't, don't, don't start saying, oh, really? Are they, are they really talking? Yeah, they are. Just get over it. It's life. It happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Every single one of you. Every, every one of you, your neighbor, it will have been. When you, when you walk up your path, the, the curtains twitch in your neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. You're on the bus, you know, and people are... Yeah? They haven't got a nervous twitch. They're, they're talking about you. It's you. And it happens at workplace, you know? It happens. It happens. You know, the moment people stop talking about you, it's when you're not here. Will people talk about me when I'm not here? No. You've gone. <laughs> we talk about what moves. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, there'll be a few people. Oh, he was a lovely man. Um, but we'd rather talk about people who are moving and doing some stuff. Oh, I've got an opinion about him. There'll be those who tell lies about you. Uh, this fellow never stops speaking against this holy place. We've heard him. That Jesus said he's going to destroy this temple. No, he never did. Jesus never said, I'm going to destroy this place. He just said it would be destroyed. It's different. He was falsely accused at his trial, and here again, the lie is still being told. Stephen's the next generation, you know, uh, Jesus, Jesus has, has gone, and now Stephen. And, and, and the lie against Jesus is the lie against, do you know something? These lies of the enemy against your life are incredibly boring. 
You know, you may want to come forward this morning and say, you know what, the enemy of my life has told me this lie. Listen, that lie has been told throughout the generations. In fact, the, the, the lie in your family could have been passed down. Your grandparents and your parents may have been, you know, spoken against in the same way that you've been spoken against. Racism goes all the way through history. Judgmentalism goes all the way through history of your line. Tribalism goes all the way through the history of your line. This is not, whoa, this is just unbelievable that this is happening to me. No, this is quite boring. It's the same thing. The lies of the enemy are just the same. We can believe a lot of things that are not true. We can believe a lot of things about people that are not true. (laughs) I spent my whole I spent my whole childhood thinking, I spent my, a lot of my time thinking, beam me up Scotty, um, was actually in Star Trek. Anybody know Star, this could be a, this could be a lost illustration. <laughs> you know, I, go, I bring some illustrations into churches that are not as holy as you, and, uh, and they understand every illustration I bring. But I also have to remember, when I come to Birmingham City Church, you don't watch films. <laughs> it, it, it was never said. Those words are never said in Star Trek. Elementary, my dear Watson. I always thought Sherlock Holmes said that. He never did. I always believed that he did. Spent my whole entire life believing that up until recently. And I'm only 35, but still, that's a long time. (laughs) We can believe a lot of things. We've heard him say this. We've heard her say that. When people say to you, I've heard, I've heard him say this. Just ask yourself, really? 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 What do the Sanhedrin see when they're looking intently and, and, building the, and building the imagery in your mind? All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen. Stephen's now before the religious and he's been tried on trumped up charges. But he is different to everybody else in the room. Friends, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ, what you go through is quite similar to what everybody else goes through but the difference is is how you respond to it and Stephen was different to everybody else in the room his demeanor was different in all these accusations and collaborations Stephen is standing peacefully and in control despite the persecution that was coming against him no matter what you face today your face can reflect a picture of the divine. It's not a made-up pretense that I'm going to be okay, I hope. No, this is an assurance that whatever happens, you belong to him who died for you. Can I give you a, a story of a master violinist in Europe, whose name I can't pronounce, so I'll just leave anonymous. Maybe that was his name. He he would play in concerts, and he had this magnificent Stradivarius. I can say that word. How good am I? Stradivarius 
violin that he would play all over Europe. And uh, it was an extremely expensive violin. And whenever he played it in the concerts, uh, people would say, wow, look at him. Look at that beautiful Stradivarius on the beautiful sounds that's coming from that violin. And he would play on all the concert halls. He'd play before royalty, you know, kings and governments. And every time people would, uh, would listen, they'd go, listen to the beautiful sounds of the Stradivarius. It's just beautiful. And one day, this violinist went past the second-hand shop, noticed a violin, and it was beaten up. It was worn out. And uh, he walked into the shop, asked how much it would cost, Equivalent of five, five pounds. So he bought it. He uh, polished it, refined it, tuned it, worked on it. And then he was stepping out into the concert hall. But he didn't take his Stradivarius. He took this battered violin that he'd been working on. He started to play the same pieces. The response of the concert hall was, of course, wow, look at this beautiful Stradivarius violin. Amazing sounds. Well, friends, I've met and stood with many worn-out, beaten-up, violin-type people around the world. The violins of the second-hand shops that nobody wants to buy. Five dollars, five pound type people. But when they stand the amputees of Sierra Leone the beaten up, bleeding followers of Christ of Nigeria, North Nigeria, Burkina Faso. The prisons of Niger. The HIV women and children of Eswatini. the raped women and the child soldiers of DRC. I stood with these people and their demeanor is different to anything I've ever experienced in my life. Blessed are the persecuted because of their righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The sound that comes from their pain, there's none like it in the whole world. It's the greatest Stradivarius sound in the whole world. When they lift up in song the name of Jesus. Because friends, what they've taught me is 
What they've taught me is this. It doesn't matter what kind of enemy is looking at you today. It's who you are looking at that counts. And Stephen, in verse 55, full of the Holy Spirit, he had a choice. He either looks at his fading earth, he looks at what earth is delivering him at that time. And you've got a choice. And I'm spe- I, even if it's just one person who knows what it is to have nail prints today, and you know what, it's, what, it's, what, what you're going through right now, and you, you know, you know the, 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 the abuse and the misrepresentation, and you know, you know the lies that I've been speaking about today. If it's just you, lady, man, <clears throat> you've got a choice. You either look at it, You either look at your enemy or you look somewhere else. You see, the persecuted tell us. You see, the difference is, the difference is is in our world, when, when, when the difficulty comes, we look at the earth. But the persecuted church tell us, no, 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 when difficulty comes, we look to heaven. And that is the difference. Wish I had persecuted friends here on this stage today, they would tell you this, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever mental health strain you're going through, whatever it is that's pressurizing against your life, do not look, do not look at what is coming against you, but look to heaven. Blessed are the persecuted for their righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We need to have a vision and a a look of heaven, not on earth. He looked to heaven at the hands of your persecutors, You can be intimidated by their face as they shake their fist at you. Only if you look. We need to face not our enemy, but to look up. Stephen looked up and he saw. He didn't see the anger of men, but he saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus making a move. We all want a move of God. I'll tell you the greatest move that God will ever make towards your life is when you pass from this life into the next life. Something happens here that is absolutely wonderful to see because Jesus, whose scripture tells us, is sit, he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, stands up. He makes a move. See, the enemy of your life is looking at you, but it's where, where you look that counts. But there's one other that's looking at you, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. I, 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 I truly believe that we, we need to talk more about heaven. I don't mean from this place. I don't mean necessary from this pulpit, but I think we, you and I need to talk more, more about heaven. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. More about heaven than we do in our, in our everyday life. You know, there was a, there was a moment when, um, when John had, John had a, a, a vision of heaven. 
He had a vision of heaven. And he, he says these words. Can, can, I, can I just read this to you? In Revelation 6. He has a vision of the persecuted. In heaven. And, and not, not just does he see them, but he actually hears. Quite incredible. He sees and he hears a picture of heaven. And, and it, it, it helps us to understand heaven. And you need to know what your next home is going to be. L let me read to you. I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained, the persecuted. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. Now, here's what happens in heaven. Away from this earth, You've died. You've gone. When you, as a follower of Christ, depart this earth, you are in what we call, whatever it is, whatever it is, heaven. It, it, it tells us that this persecuted, this vision of the persecuted tell us, tells us this. That they had the same identity as they had on earth. Will I be recognized? Yeah, forever and a day. Get comfortable with that. <laughs> You'll always be known. <laughs> um, the persecuted on earth were recognized as the persecuted in, in heaven. Oh, those are the persecuted. Those are the martyrs of the faith. So, so our identity hasn't changed. Listen, we become 100% massively improved, perfected in every way. No more dying, no more mourning, no more tears, no more sadness, no, etc. But our identity is the same. Their story on earth is still part of their story in heaven but gloriously so. They called out. They spoke, meaning they've got a voice box. They can speak. Also, they had some passion and, and emotion, so it's not just a voice box, but they have this e emotional thought and passion as you and I still do uh, here on earth, on earth as in heaven. They are... This is something that people contend, but I don't. People say, oh, when you're in heaven, you don't know what's going on on earth because otherwise you'd be sad and then that would be sinful in heaven. Ah, oh, I don't get that. I'm just reading the Bible, okay? I'm just reading the Bible. That's what I'm doing. It, it, John says that they were fully aware of what was happening on earth. They're fully aware. They know that they're murderers. In that, in that, 
in that time, in John's time, that they, he's seen that he, they know that their murderers have not been judged yet. So that they're aware. I don't know how that happens, but they're aware. And you know, in, in all our eternity, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll look back in a glorious, perfected type of way and said, you know that stuff I went through? Yeah. It's there. Nail prints. But it's okay. Gloriously saved, gloriously redeemed before the altar. And they're asking God questions and they're learning and they're seeking Him. They've got memory. They remember the good, the bad of earth. They know that they were killed. But all of that, they're with God. They see His attributes. And it helps them to understand. And they're given a robe on their, their body. Their distinctiveness. Bodies where robes hang on. You and I will be there. And the persecutor today will say, it's okay. Because heaven is my home. And Jesus is standing, so Luke writes. Stephen declares, I see Jesus standing. And he was standing to bring Stephen home. And Jesus who sits at the right hand of God, when you die, when the persecuted of this earth with nail prints in our hands because of what we've gone through and some have gone through worse than we have, but when we slip from this life to the next life, Jesus who did this for Stephen will do this for you. He'll stand up and he'll make a move because he's bringing you home. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because you don't know Jesus. But you can know him today. But follower of Christ, there's going to come a day for all of us and Jesus will come and bring you home into the kingdom of heaven. Death comes to us all. Various different ways, different forms. And whilst being killed, Stephen prayed. Now here's, let me finish with this. Because here's the key. You've got to finish well as the persecuted got to finish well he talks to Jesus he's confident where he's going he knows that this life is not the end of it all he knows his painful death is only a vehicle into something beautiful 
He knows that his earthly body is going to lay battered, bruised, broken. But he's going to go on. And he says, Jesus, receive me. Receive me. Then he um, falls on his knees. He's got one last thing to say. What is he going to say? This, what he says reveals the heart of this man who though the enemy has been looking at him, he is not negatively changed by the work of the enemy. He is not letting the enemy have the final say in his life. He is refusing to take prisoners. He's refusing to allow any seeds of unforgiveness, bitterness to be in his spirit and his soul. I will not allow the enemy to have any ground in my life. Doesn't matter who's abused me. Doesn't matter who's walked away from me. Doesn't matter who's thrown a stone and a rock at me. It doesn't matter who's killing me right now. I will not allow the enemy to camp out in my life as I leave this place. See, talking to Jesus is the only way to clear the decks. Set things straight. I've buried too many people who have gone into the ground with bitterness and anger and rage because of what they've experienced in their life. Stephen chooses, Stephen makes a choice and Stephen teaches us and even this morning Spirit of God teaching us through this story that you don't have to be someone who moves into heaven with rage in your heart because of what people have done to you on earth. But you can pray that prayer. Eva Moses' core died in July 2019 during another visit to Poland. She was a survivor of Auschwitz. On her final visit to the Auschwitz Museum, she posted this on Facebook. You can check it out. The moment I forgave the Nazis, I felt free from Auschwitz and from all the tragedy that had occurred to me. Eva and her twin Miriam were cruelly experimented on by the angel of death, Joseph Menula. But they survived until the liberation of the camp in January 1945. They lost their parents, two other sisters also. But in this month, July 2019, that I talk about, just prior to her death, she's filmed at the site. You watch it, you watch it later. And she told how she forgave Menula. After we were set free, I went home, closed the door and I picked up a dictionary I wrote all the nasty words I could find from the dictionary and spoke them out clear and loud. And I, I then said, in spite of all that, I forgive you. I found that as a little victim, I had power over the angel of death. And I wasn't hurting anybody. I had an interesting thought that he could never change my forgiving him. I am in charge of it. It was a very powerful feeling. If I can forgive him, I can forgive anyone who can ever hurt me. The persecuted church, my friends, 
have learned what it is to forgive the angel of death. They have to forgive. Because if they cannot forgive the angel of death, they take him with them. And there is no place for the angel of death in heaven. Richard Wormbrand, a Romanian minister of the gospel, would often ask people, if suffering were offered to you as a gift, would you accept it? And during his long imprisonment in a communist prison, he was beaten, he was tortured, including mutilation, burning, being locked up in a large frozen icebox. Up until he died in 2001, his body, his body bore the scars of physical torture. Suffering, a, a gift, persecution, a blessing? How can you be blessed as you're persecuted? Yes, yes, says those within the kingdom who have understood. They've understood heaven. They've understood forgiveness. They've understood what it is not to look at the angel of death, but to look at the angels upon angels gathering around the throne. As they look at heaven and they see Jesus high and lifted up, they see a Jesus who's so concerned even for a sparrow that falls to the ground. He's concerned for Stephen and Paul Hudson and he's concerned for you that he will move to take you home. Just a look. The persecuted church have understood where to look. Have you? I pray, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Take these words and go further to the heart deep heart of every man and woman here listening to this message. Blessed are the persecuted for righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who have people who are insulting you and saying terrible things about you. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Heaven is your home. Look to Jesus. Don't let the enemy camp in your life. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Release, release, 